This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Good afternoon. Welcome to Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling. It's Thursday, August 19th, 2021. We're brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best at what he does. His staff, unbelievably talented, friendly people. Give him a call. 317-849-2933 is the number. Finally, once and for all, take control of your dental health, all right? Punch subscribe, hit like, ring the bell. Let's go. Let's talk about sports. We are about to get really, really busy in Indiana. Over the next six weeks and two days, we have five huge events taking place within the confines of this state, and all all have huge magnitudes of importance for people in this state. Let's run them down fifth through first. Number five, six weeks and two days from tonight, Hoosier Hysteria at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. Mike Woodson's first team, the first guy with any tether to Bob Knight who has coached the Hoosiers in the last 13 years. Dan Dockich was the last. He coached the Hoosiers for seven glorious games back in 2008 after the fall of Kelvin Sampson. Mike Woodson has been hired as the permanent coach. Dane Fife on his staff, Thad Mata on his staff. It's going to be fascinating to see how this team plays. Reports from the Bahamas were that they played tenacious defense, and they were very kind of freewheeling offensively. Mike Woodson gave the players a bunch of uh, latitude to call their own plays and figure out how to attack BC Mega, a team that they beat twice. Going to be fun to watch. Parker Stewart, right? Xavier Johnson, Tamar Bates, Michael Durr, Miller Kopp, a bunch of new guys, Logan Duncombe, and a bunch of guys coming back. Race Thompson, Trace Jackson Davis, Rob Finnessy, Jordan Geronimo. This is going to be a really interesting team. How good can they be? We begin to find out on August 2nd down at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. I'm going to be there, and I'm going to be, like, loaded for bear. I'm going to be hyped for that event down at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. All right, number four. How about this? The resumption of Purdue and Notre Dame playing college football. Uh, Not since 2013 have these two schools and programs played against each other. They will play each other, like I said, on the 18th of September in South Bend. Now, this would look to be a mismatch on paper, right? Purdue wasn't very good last year. And and so you've got Brom, and he's kind of on the hot seat a little bit. You've got Notre Dame ranked ninth. You would think it's going to be a walkover for the Fighting Irish, but I think the Boilermakers, they show up in South Bend, and they're going to give Notre Dame everything that they want. Purdue is, is kind of, they, they are in a prove-it season. And there is no way better to prove it 
to football fans in West Lafayette, in South Bend, the northern half of the state of Indiana, than to show up at Notre Dame and give them all they want and maybe escape with, with a victory. Notre Dame fans, I know, you think that that's heresy. But Purdue's going to come up there, and it's going to be a big deal for Purdue in a way that it probably isn't for Notre Dame. And Brian Kelly's going to have to combat against that. Number three, the Colts at Tennessee. This is game number three of the regular season. It will take place at 1 p.m. on September 26th. We're going to have an idea what this Colts team is going to be before they get to Nashville. We're going to find out against Seattle and against the Rams here at Lucas Oil Stadium. We're going to figure out what kind of a team this is going to be. This is going to be a big game, though. This is a divisional opponent and the team that the Colts expect to duel with for the AFC South championship. If you want to win the AFC South, going down to Nashville and beating the Titans is going to be a good way to start down that road, depending on what happens in the first two games. You've got a a flawed team in Tennessee. You've got a flawed team yourself. That offensive line has got to get healthy. The defensive front's got to get a little bit healthy. Uh, Pay back to practice. That's a good thing. Dio Odangbo, not back to practice, still recovering from that surgery to re-sync his, uh, and reattach his Achilles tendon. And you've got the same thing with Eric Fisher. If his Achilles tendon allows him to play in September, that would be a victory for the Colts, who at least last Sunday looked like they don't have a starting left tackle on their roster. Sam Tevy did not look good. Julian Davenport did not look good. Will Holden did not look good. You need Eric Fisher on the field. So say Hail Mary that uh, that Eric Fisher is back sooner than later going down to Nashville and putting out a win. That is going to be key to a successful season for the Indianapolis Colts. I think they're going to get better as the year rolls along. Carson Wentz hadn't been able to practice yeah, other than the first practice and then about three quarters of the second practice. So he's going to need some work to get in sync with his receivers, with his offensive line, Those guys are getting healthier. Ryan Kelly should practice, uh, uh, should have practiced today, and I don't know whether he did. They're off tomorrow, and then they will be playing the Vikings on Saturday night. I can't wait to watch the telecast of that game uh, with Rick Venturi. Rick Venturi is such a wealth of knowledge and insight about the game of football, a great hire by the Colts for their TV crew in the preseason and then the radio crew during the regular season working with Matt Taylor. Really looking forward to that broadcast Saturday night. But on September 26th, that's a monster game early in the season. We'll see how healthy the Colts are and whether they can compete successfully on the road against a division foe. Number two, this is going to be fun right out of the gate. All right, the Hoosiers traveling to Iowa to play the Hawkeyes. Uh, That game's September 4th, Labor Day weekend, at 3.30 on BTN, Indiana ranked 17th, Iowa ranked 18th. They are very evenly matched, and this is a game, you know, for both these teams. It's a really important game. If they want to play in Indianapolis in December in the Big Ten Championship game, somebody's got to win, somebody's got to lose. If you lose, you're pretty much done as far as your dreams to come play in Indy. Indiana's going to have to beat Ohio State. Iowa could win the the Big Ten West, but if they lose to Indiana, that's going to be a trick. That That's going to be tough for the Iowa Hawkeyes. We'll see what happens. Uh, Indiana 
has a lot of guys returning. I think 18 starters. Michael Penix is back and healthy. You've got uh, Freifogel. You've got Stevie Scott. You've got Peyton Hendershot. You've got Taiwan Mullen, one of the best cornerbacks in college football. Uh, Marcelino Ball is back from his torn ACL. How about Micah McFadden? How about Marshall? How about R.J. Matthews? This is a team that might be as talented as any Indiana has had in the last 30 years, including last year's team, which finished 6-2. and two. And really, if the Big Ten had held to its rules, Indiana would have played last year at Lucas Oil Stadium in the Big Ten Championship, but they screwed around with the rules to get Ohio State in. They know it's important. I, I get it. TV ratings are important. Getting Ohio State into the uh, college football playoff is important, but I thought Indiana got screwed by the Big Ten, to be honest. Indiana is going to have to take matters into their own hands, run the table, and find a way to Indianapolis and maybe into the college football playoff. I think it's easier to get into the college football playoff than it is to uh, play at Indy, right? Because you're going to have to – you could get into the college football playoff if you're Indiana without beating Ohio State. But there's no way to get into the college football playoff really, realistically, without uh, beating Ohio State. So I, it, college football playoff, a little bit easier path than playing in the, in the Big Ten championship. Anyway, Indiana ought to be really good. We'll find out whether LEO was just a mirage last year, right? Six and two. It was very nice. But it was weird. Weird season. Had the COVID. All of that stuff. Now it's real college football getting underway in just a couple of weeks. We'll see. Two weeks from this Saturday, Indiana at Iowa is going to be fascinating for IU fans. We're going to find out. Like, I am teetering on the brink of saying, okay, I'm in. I'm all good with Tom Allen. LEO, beautiful. Let's go. Indiana is back, baby. Back from where? When were they good? It was Bo McMillan. Back in the 40s, for God's sake. That's what they're, you know, or John Pont in 1967. Maybe Tom Allen has this thing rolling in the right direction in a sustainable way. We're going to find out this year whether fun at an Indiana football game is going to involve sitting your ass at Memorial Stadium for four quarters, which involves about four hours, and watching the entire game or watching part of it, leaving at halftime and heading to next. We're going to find out this year. The number one biggest event of the next six weeks the Colts taking on the Seattle Seahawks at Lucas Oil Stadium on September 12th there is so much to talk about about whether this team is going to be able to compete at a high level and is going to be able to put itself in line for an AFC South crown if Carson Wentz is able to play early and the Colts get off to a good start to their season the Colts first five games are huge all right, and really tough. You got the Seahawks, you got the Rams, you've got the Titans, you got the Dolphins, and you've got the Ravens. All five of those teams won double digit wins last year. They posted double digit victories last season. I think this is the first or the third time in NFL history that that's happened. They're going to be tested early, and they're going to have to pass at least two of those tests if they want to be taken seriously by fans. And, and put themselves in a position to uh, go to the playoffs again and, and repeat 
what they did last year. Going 11-5, and five, a 17th game this year, 11-6 and six probably gets you in. 12-5 and five certainly gets you in. We'll see if the Colts are capable of that, and that work begins on September 12th. The Seahawks, Russell Wilson, we know all about him. They got a good defense, not that legion of boom defense from a, a few years ago. They're not that good, but they're still pretty good, and Russell Wilson is really tough to corral in the pocket. He knows how to move in the pocket. He knows how to throw the ball downfield. He is one of the most accomplished quarter, accomplished quarterbacks in the NFL. We'll see if the Colts can measure up. Is Wentz going to play? Is Eric Fisher going to play? Dial Odangbo, where's he been? Is he on the sidelines? What kind of work is he doing? Eric Fisher, where's he? Right? Quentin Nelson, is he going to be able to play? Last time I saw him, he was in a boot. Carson Wentz is going through walkthroughs, though, and looks like a guy who's going to be able to play in week one. What they want to get done with Carson Wentz, they want to have him uh, invest in two weeks of practice, which means after the game that they play in Detroit against the Lions, the last preseason game, you've got two more full weeks of practice before it's go time against the Seahawks. If he is good enough at that point to practice after the Lions game, then it's going to be full steam ahead. Let's go Carson Wentz. One week of practice, they're a little bit shaky on what kind of availability Carson Wentz would have. But I'm telling you, Carson Wentz, after a week of practice, is a hell of a lot better and more competitive than Jacob Eason after six weeks of practice and a lifetime of playing football. My money's on Carson Wentz being successful with the Colts with no practices as opposed to Jacob Eason. And that's not saying bad stuff about Jacob Eason. He's a fourth-round draft pick, for God's sake. And I know I talked about this this morning. I just don't understand the vitriol against Carson Wentz. People say, Carson Wentz, 50 sacks last year and uh, 15 picks. What are you talking about? And I, I go back and I say, but the previous four years, he had 81 touchdown passes and 28, uh, not 28, uh, 21 picks. So he is a guy who has thrown the football accurately. He didn't last year. He had a shambles of an offensive line. His weaponry was on the shelf as much as they were active. And, and people want to say, well, Jacob Eason, I think over the next three weeks, can learn how to feel uh, pressure in the pocket and really develop some uh, pocket presence in three weeks. He hasn't been able to do it in 22, 23 years. But somehow over the next three weeks, the light switch is going to go on. And all of a sudden, it's not going to be strip sacks and getting pummeled because you're not moving your right foot after you plant it. Somehow, it's all going to be okay. But with, with Carson Wentz, we can't foresee any kind of football that's going to be of a high quality from this guy because isolated in 2020, he didn't have a very good year. That's just crazy. I don't understand. Maybe people from Philadelphia just hate the guy and they've kind of poisoned the water in Indianapolis through social media where now we just expect the absolute worst from Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz was the number two overall draft pick in 2016. He was third in the MVP balloting in 2017. In 18 and 19, he had top 10 quarterback years. 2020 was a train wreck. He was replaced by Jalen Hurts. I get it. He had one year where he didn't play well. Now, if they're healthy, there's going to be a good offensive line. He's got plenty of weapons. He has a terrific backfield right in, in uh, Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines. I don't get it. 
You, you want to hate on Carson Wentz but love Jacob Eason and say you're not giving Jacob Eason a chance but say that Carson Wentz doesn't deserve a chance? Wait, uh, what do I do with you? How do I deal with people who leave that kind of commentary? And please do leave a comment. I want to read and respond to what you have to say and what you believe. It's one of the most interesting parts of doing all this. So please comment. Let me know what you think. Hit the like button if you like that. And know that I'm going to read your comment and I'm going to comment back to it because that's what we do. We have a conversation. Tomorrow morning, another one. Breakfast with Kent, bright and early, about 7 o'clock, 7.30. Cannot wait to talk to you then.